this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Now let's get into the Art Bell iTunes 5 stars rating and reviews. If you haven't heard, we do the iTunes 5 star rating and review. Anybody who does that gets a shout out on the following week's show. And this week's shout out is Fez024, Mr. Eddie T, Confused About Bigfoot, Michael760, Alaska Hunter, AmyBug29, Cowboy5389, MattT1970, and Joe Telfer. Thank you very much for going to iTunes and leaving that five-star rating and review. It helps me out a lot on iTunes, and I really do appreciate it. And for the Patreon shout-outs, is for anybody who goes to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and signs up to become a patron, you get a shout-out as well. And this week's shout-outs is Seth H. and Jennifer S. Thank you very much for going to Patreon and signing up to become a patron and helping to support the show on a monthly basis. I really do appreciate it. Now, I want to let you guys know that this past month in January, we had just under 500,000 downloads for the month of January. And I want to start a new campaign for February to help incentivize people to share the show around. I want to let you know that if we reach 750,000 downloads for the month of February, I will release a special episode in March just for you guys for helping me share the show around. Now, where can you share it? Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can share it on work memos, work email lists. I don't care how you share the show, but if you share the show around to help us grow it to 750,000 downloads in the month of February, I will release a special episode just for everybody else in March. 
So if that interests you, I would highly appreciate it. You guys sharing it around social media, through emails, I don't care. Just share the show. Really do appreciate it. Now this week we have Austin coming on the show and Austin is going to be sharing with us his abduction encounter that he has partial memories about. But what's interesting about this is Austin also shares things that are happening in current times. He is being stalked. He's being followed. There are people coming to his home and it kind of involves this show. So without any further delay, Let's get to Austin and unfold this abduction cover-up. Okay, today we have a great guest coming on. We have Austin. Austin, how you doing, brother? Good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, you have a very unique experience. I say very unique as in we've heard similar experiences on the show, uh, but this experience that you have had uh, is something that has happened in your past, but also happening in the present. And it actually involves the show in a sense. And it's it's just kind of a weird situation that I think is uh, worth talking about and you feel comfortable talking about, which at one point you didn't. Uh, but basically, let me break this down for people before we dive into things. Uh, we did a show with a guy named Tony Rodriguez back in October. I think it was October 2nd. I think it was episode 91. And it was called The Alien Abducted Time Traveler. And basically, this guy recounts the time where he was abducted and put into what they call a 20 and back where he was basically forced into um, work slavery kind of thing for 20 years, travels back in time, put back in his body like nothing ever happened. And uh, you heard that interview and it kind of sparked something in you because uh, you've had very similar experiences. You say that you don't remember all the details that uh, Tony remembers, but you definitely what you do remember is very similar to what Tony experienced. And uh, you remembered this when you were a child and you had some things happen after that, uh, that kind of leads into more modern times here with uh, the show and your life and things like that. And uh, I just want to kind of help you uh, draw the picture out for everybody. So right now, what I want to do is I want you to kind of just go back in time and let us know uh, the things that you remember, I know you don't remember everything, but the things that you do remember uh, involving this idea of being abducted and uh, you know off earth kind of things, would you please share with us the details that you do remember? Yeah, sure thing. So um, it all started when I was 10 years old. Um, it was, I was in fourth grade and I woke up one night to a very hard blow to my chest and it shot me up out of bed. Uh, I was very frantic. I had all these new memories and uh, knowledge just kind of you know overwhelming me and uh, uh, to the point that you know my dad heard me from from his bedroom and he came in to see what was going on and uh, you know I started telling him all these things that uh, that I remember and uh, you know he was he he was kind of freaked out by it, um, thinking that there's no way a 10 year old kid should be saying such a thing. Um, but, uh, you know, he listened and, and, you know, there were some things that happened beforehand that kind of tied it all together for him. But, um, as far as my first memory, um, I remember, you know, being, uh, you know, in my youth and after this had happened, um, sitting through classes and, and things, things like that, classrooms, 
uh, with all this, you know, propaganda type pictures of uh, these other life forms um, and going through classes and training, uh, you know, how to train your mind for the things that you're going to see and, um, you know, things like that. And, uh, yeah, that was really the majority of what I remember uh, in my youth. And that's the most frustrating thing. I wish I remembered more, uh, especially from my youth. Um, but really all I can seem to recall is sitting in these classroom, you know, uh, type situations, uh, where we're going over all this stuff that we're going to see and, you know, the types of missions that they do and, and why they do them. And, uh, and then it really kind of jumps into, uh, where I had to have been at least 18 years old and, uh, we were leaving, uh, the side of this mountain, this base that was in the side of a mountain. And we got on board this triangular shaped craft. Um, it was black. It had three lights on each of the corners um, underneath of it. And then one in the middle. And we got on this craft. And the next thing I knew, we were on the moon. And um, we had landed on like this platform. And there were dome structures and like a couple of like obelisk type towers and like entrances that looked like they went you know, subterranean and this officer was walking us into the base and he was explaining about the moon and saying that if, if we had uh, thought that the moon was just there by chance, that we were crazy. And basically it was there by design and, you know, giving us all these dimensions and everything of, you know, kind of proving, you know, why it's there and, and things like that, that it was not, that it's by design, basically not happenstance. Um, but we walked into this, you know, building and, uh, like there was like this almost gladiator type, uh, arena in there that we walked through and we walked across there and there were all these people, um, uh, sitting in chairs, like, you know, up in the stands. Uh, I don't know what they were there for or what they were doing. Um, yeah, that was really the, the, you know, the frustrating thing is jumping from, 10 years old being in a classroom and then all of a sudden I'm 18 or at least uh, could have been older but uh, and then we're on the moon you know dealing with all this stuff okay so you're you're in a spacecraft and you're taken to the moon my first thought is you said next thing I knew it we were on the moon is this something that you actually kind of took off so fast and and you're on the moon or was it something that they put you under I feel like it was more something that that I was put under um I just I have a hard time you know just you know with g-forces and things like that being like it's an instantaneous trip um so I feel like I had to have been put under I remember a little bit about the craft uh being inside of it and it was, it sounds so strange to say it, uh, out loud, but like when we were walking into this room where we were going to sit down in these chairs, like the further we got into the room, like we could see through the outer wall of the craft and could see the sky and everything. It's very strange. Um, but I didn't see any, um, you know, other life form in there at the time. It was like we sat down, and then next thing you know, hey, we're here. Time to time to unload. I got you. So 
he tells you that the moon's there, but if you think it's there by accident or whatever, you're crazy. Did, do you remember any explanation as to why the moon's there then? Like, and I'm assuming that the yeah, ob- he, he made it seem like it was like a, a space station in itself. Um, almost like an observation point for us that, uh, I, I don't, not to say that like we're some, you know, science experiment or something like that, but, um, that it's an observation point that, um, it's been used that way for, you know, who knows how long, you know, hundreds of years. And, um, you know, he was giving us these dimensions that it was like 2,160 some miles uh, across at the equator. That it, I remember him saying that uh, the sun is 400 times the size of the moon and just so happens to be 400 times further away, giving us, you know, total eclipses and, and things like that. And I remember him saying, like, if you pay attention, you know, most of the craters are pretty well all the same depth. That's because the moon's hollow. And, uh, it just kind of blew my mind, you know, listening to it. And, you know, I remember, you know, just from school, you know, just thinking like, you know, this is completely contradicting, you know, I don't see him teaching us this, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously this is contradicting. Uh, it goes against the science that you're taught. Right. And so this experience that you have, uh, remind me when you, this memory of yours, this happened, let's just say 10 years old, right? It wasn't when you were 18. You just got the memory when you were 18, right? Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like, you know, being 10 years old and like, I remember being a kid sitting in the classroom. I remember being at least 18. I was obviously older and, you know, walking through this, you know, uh, space station or, or building or whatever, you know, with this officer and everything. And I remember being like eye level. with him. So I was obviously, grown that's interesting the fact that you were eye level with him showing you that you were older and bigger right than a 10 year old when you're receiving these messages yeah that's interesting. yeah but the i mean like i said the the frustrating part is not knowing pretty well anything between 10 and that time and and i've tried uh going through this you know hypnotic regression type thing trying to set up appointments and this kind of ties into what's going on right now in you know, real time, but uh, that both um, therapists or doctors have canceled on me refusing to see me after I've already set the appointment up. Yeah. Now, before we get going on some of that stuff, I wanted to ask you a little bit more here. So he says the moon is hollow and that uh, you, you had said that you saw obelisk or obelisks. And uh, what else was it that you saw up there? It was like dome-like structures, and and we had landed on this platform, um, like this runway type of thing. Uh, but there was just all kinds of different you know, types of structures, and uh, I remember him saying that you know the the craters were pretty well all the same depth. That's because it's hollow, and that uh, if you were to crash something into the moon, it would ring like a bell for you know, who knows how long. A very strange, uh, you know, my mind wasn't thinking that somebody, I just heard that recently. I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I heard somebody talking about the moon ringing like a bell. I can't not, I can't remember where I heard it. I don't think it was on Tony Rodriguez's episode. 
that's very interesting. Uh, I'm assuming that the docking spot that you landed on the moon was on the dark side of the moon. Like all this stuff is happening on the dark side of the moon. I'm, su- I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, yeah. From what I could tell, it had to have been the backside. Um, but there were different types of craft there. And I remember this officer or whoever he was, you know, explaining how some of them worked. Um, like the, the flying saucer type worked a little bit different than the triangular ones and, and so on and so forth. I remember specifically him telling me about the, uh, the saucer shaped ones that they have. Uh, I remember him saying that it was a reactionless craft, meaning that, there was nothing, you know, like a car, you put fuel in, it throws shit out the exhaust and pushes you forward. That this thing moved, like they had these, um, they were like a little dome. There were three different domes on the top of this saucer that could be positioned and moved and angled to basically push the space down in front of it, if that makes any sense, and pull it forward instead of pushing it forward if if that makes any sense and and i remember you know telling like it almost like if you were to put like a ball on a bed and then you push down in front of it it's going to roll forward okay i got you okay you see what i'm saying yeah i'm a truck driver that that's more my my talking language there ball push ball got it yeah, <laughs> yeah. ball push good yeah so it was it was really strange um I can't remember how exactly he said the the triangular one worked, but it was slightly different than the the saucer shaped one. But for whatever reason, I I specifically remember him explaining the saucer shape and how it worked. I got you. Okay, so uh, I'm thinking it's on the dark side of the moon. It makes sense, right? I mean, because we see the other right. side uh, now. Right. What are your thoughts on? And this is pure, you know. Uh, opinion on your on your behalf but what's your thoughts about china and how they just landed on the dark side of the moon supposedly and uh i think it's all bullshit and that it's uh that they're they've landed somewhere else that could be similar to it and sending those pictures back um uh i I don't they're not going to just from my experience and i know how crazy all this sounds like believe me but they're not going to land something back there, like honestly, and take pictures of what's back there and and relay that back for the general public. Um, right. It's it's just it's not going to happen. And I've heard, you know, I've I've done a little bit of research on you know like the fake moon landing and everything. I believe you know you know Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Have you ever seen their uh, their press conference when they got back? It's very strange. They they are. They're very somber. It's like, you know, you just, you know, did something for the first time in, you know, human history. They weren't happy. And, you know, I've I've heard about the missing couple of minutes of tape and everything like that. But I find it very strange, uh, especially now, like in real time, uh, when Buzz Aldrin talks, he says, when we aliens landed on the moon, he'll, he'll always say something like that. It's very strange how he how he discusses it and describes it. But yeah, I don't believe that they're going to land something back there on the far side of the moon, and like as it is, and and share that with us. There's, there's just no way. 
No, and I absolutely agree. I mean, if that's what's on the moon and all that stuff, there's no way they're going to show it to us. So uh, what you're suggesting and what it sounds like is that there isn't just a uh, United States government conspiracy cover-up with NASA and things like that. We're talking about a global cover-up, a global uh, operation that is on another level because we ha- we do have wars on Earth. We do have uh, countries fighting against each other, putting sanctions on each other, tariffs, things like that. You know, we're, he- we're heavily taxing uh, China and... And there's just so many conflicts here on Earth that obviously our governments don't work together, but there must be some kind of higher up uh, government above the government that we're presented that is working together to cover these things up if if uh, these things are happening, right? I mean, that's the only conclusion that I could think of. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, if I went through what you went through and I, I have these thoughts and memories in my mind and I know they're real, the more you listen to other people's stories, you're like, we're all having the same experiences. This is stuff that's really happened to us. Uh, I would be pretty pissed mm-hmm. off uh, dealing with the day in, day out news media. Of, hey, this is what's going on in the world. It's like, no, this is not what's going on in the world. You have no idea. You're clueless. And it, it must just drive you nuts because you're living in a world that doesn't even recognize you. Right. And, uh, and that's, you know, part of the reason I had such a hard time, um, you know, once I kind of came back to with all these new memories and everything, uh, in school, like I was a straight A student and I became really kind of rebellious and, and argumentative about it and, and really challenged the teacher. Um, you know, she got really, really upset with me several times. It was just like, you're not going to tell me this because I know this. And, you know, I wasn't trying to be you know, a little asshole about it, but it's like, I know what you're telling me. Like, I know you don't know that it's a lie, but I do. So I don't want to hear it type of thing. Right. And so at that point, I mean, you're, you're starting to kind of go downhill in school and stuff like that, because, uh, I mean, obviously you're, you're disturbed. You, you have, you know, other things going on outside of, you know, trying to have, let a teacher teach your brain things that you just reject, flat out reject, you know, uh, so right. I, I can understand that. I really can. So you have these experiences, you have these memories. Uh, you remember them at, at 10 years old, you remember them at 18 years old. Uh, this guy visits you and um, what, you, you and your dad both had a visit, right? Correct. Now, uh, what, what's, what's this guy tell your dad again? Uh, I know we talked about it before. So, yeah. So this guy... Um visits my dad uh, a couple of days before this whole thing starts with me waking up. And uh, he is asking my dad questions about me and uh, schooling and, you know, if I've talked about what I wanted to be when I grow up and just really, really strange questions. And uh, he never introduced himself to my dad to explain who he was or anything. But it was after school and uh, my dad just got home from work and, uh, you know, and I just found this out, you know, recently, you know, within the last few weeks, but, um, you know, this guy, he tells, he, my dad tells this guy that I'm just, you know, in the neighborhood somewhere, he can go find me if he needs to talk to me about something. And the guy said, no, 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 like, it's fine. Uh, we're going to be seeing him soon anyway. And hands him a plastic, uh, secret service badge. And, you know, when, when my dad told me that, like I, I had blocked it out. I'd forgotten about it. But after he told me that, I remember my dad giving the badge to me and, you know, thinking, why in the world are you giving a 10 year old a plastic badge? Like I'm going to go play cops and robbers or something. Like, 
all I wanted to do was ride bikes and, and play sports. You know what I mean? Um, so I remember sitting it back down on the table and, you know, basically telling him I didn't want it. Like, I don't know why he's giving me this. All right. So you get this plastic badge and I'm assuming it was like a toy, right? It wasn't like a, anything authentic. Yeah. It was like a little, it had a little pin on the back side of it. Uh, it was gold in color. It had, uh, like an Eagle on it and it said, you know, uh, member of the secret service. And, uh, you know, I did, I don't, I don't know. You know, I remember thinking at the time, like, why in the world are you giving me this? He didn't tell me that some guy give it, had given it to him. I think he was a little bit creeped out still that, you know, not knowing who the hell this guy was and what, what he wanted. Uh, but then, you know, after I woke up with, from this experience or came back to whatever you want to call it, um, uh, you know, I, like we talked about, you know, kind of slipping in school a little bit. I told my closest friend and, you know, he believed me, you know, he kind of had a hard time wrapping his head around it, but he knew that I'm not one to make something up like that. Um, but then that day I came home from school and I was playing in the neighborhood with all the other kids and we were playing basketball and a black Ford focus pulled up next to my house. Um, I saw a guy in a suit get out and he's walking around my yard and he's looking in the windows. So I told all my buddies, like, Hey, give me a minute. I'm going to go see, you know, who this guy is and, and why he's walking around my yard. So I remember walking up and seeing Nevada license plates on the car. And he said, Hey, you must be Austin. I said, yes, sir. Like, you know, how can I help you? And, uh, he said, yeah, you can, you can help me. I need you to quit talking about, uh, what you're talking about. I know you've told your friend and uh, and your father, but if I have to come back here, then I'll make it to where nobody is ever going to find you or your family. I'm not going to tell you again. Keep your mouth shut about it. Don't make me come back. And like he winked at me and said, thanks for your service as he was walking away. And he got back in his car and he left. And then when I told my dad about this, you know, I explained, you know, gave him a description of what this guy looked like. I remember the look on his face, like, kind of like he knew something. But at the time, you know, I wasn't comprehending it until, you know, just recently when him and I had talked about it. And uh, he explained, he's like, I know you weren't lying because you gave me the same description of a guy that came and saw me. Right. And so this guy that comes and sees you and stuff, uh, how old was he roughly? He was probably, um, 35 to 40. I remember him like, uh, he, he didn't have a hat on like a men in black or, or whatever you want to call it, but he had a black suit on, he had glasses on and, um, uh, he had like red hair, like, like dirty blonde with some red in it and he had a mustache um but he kept his glasses on um and then i find out like this this friend of mine that i had told um we really we quit talking after that which was very strange uh we were never in the same class again and uh you know we'd say hey in the hallway when we'd pass each other or, or on you know out on the playground or something but um you know, I just reached out to him uh, a while back when all this was going down as well to to see if he remembered anything. And he told me that uh, his dad was visited by this guy. And uh, I don't know if it's the same one. He he said he never got a description from his dad, but 
basically told his dad to not let him communicate with me anymore. So we didn't. And, you know, that bothered me all these years. But like I said, I just found this out on, you know, what day was it? Probably back the in late December when all this was going down. Wow. that that's That's pretty crazy. And so clearly, you know, this was a, a cover-up where, you know, they're not going to tell your dad to stop talking to his son, but they went to the only other person that you communicated to and said you were no longer allowed to talk to him. And they listened. Right. And, 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 and yeah. that's, that's and, the crazy thing. I mean, somebody actually came to somebody's father and it's like somebody yeah. coming to me and At saying, don't work. Yeah. He was, he, he showed up to this guy's work. Um, he owned a transmission shop, came and got him. And, um, uh, basically told him like do not allow your son to associate with this austin kid anymore like done don't don't make me come back type of thing and uh and we didn't and and i had no clue about this for 21 years uh yeah until you know late december uh whenever i reached out to him to see if he remembered any of this he said that's why we quit talking so what does he think about this? I mean, you approach him all these years later and you talk to him about, you know, what had happened and, and he tells you this. I mean, does, does, where's his thought process in this? Is he just thinking this, chalking it up as just a weird situation he doesn't want to touch or does is he trying to probe into this as well? Um, he, he doesn't really want any part of it. Um, he was really glad whenever I reached out to him, I, I uh, reached out to his dad and, uh, you know, told him who I was and everything. He remembered me. And cause I mean, like I said, we were close, man. We were, he was always over at my house or I was always out at his. Uh, so he remembered me and everything. And, uh, I asked him if it'd be okay if I, you know, reached out to, uh, to my buddy, you know, if he could give me his number and he gave it to me and, you know, my buddy was happy to, uh, to hear from me and everything. He's like, you know, I've thought about this, you know, all this time, you know, he's like, I think about it quite a bit. Uh, always wondered how you've been and everything. Uh, so he was glad that I reached out to him and he told me, you know, his dad came home, uh, from work one night and told him like, Hey, you know, like whatever this Austin dude is into, like enough, like don't talk to him anymore. Like he's like, I don't, don't know, don't want to know, but you're, you're not allowed to talk to him anymore. And, uh, and this all happened like, right before school got out of of fourth grade. So coming back, like we were in every, every, uh, every grade, we were in the same class. And then from that point on, we were never in the same class. Do you think that was by design? I don't know, man. Um, there's been, you know, so many things going on here recently and, and even up to last night that I can't rule it out that it's by design. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're about to start transitioning into, uh, unless there's something else we need to talk to, we're going to start transitioning into the, uh, experiences that have been happening in current times. Uh, and you know, this guy that contacted you when you were a kid, he shows up in a, a, uh, what was it? A Ford Taurus or something like that. Um, yeah. And he freaking, uh, threatens basically you, your dad and your friend. I mean, in in one way or another, there's a threat and, uh, for, a long time. How many years has it been since that has happened? Like roughly 20 years, roughly 21 years, 21 years, 21 years. So 21 years ago, that happened for 21 years. You kept your mouth shut. You don't talk to anybody. And 
what happened? I mean, are you are you just searching for podcasts one day and you come across my show? Yeah, well, so what had happened was uh, I've always been into like cryptids and, and stuff like that. And uh, recently just kind of got into um, podcasts because I have an hour drive from uh, my house to work, you know, and I get tired of the same old same old song. So it's like, yeah, I'll check out some podcasts. And I got into a, a, a real big, big foot kick and, uh, I found Sasquatch Chronicles and big fan of the show. And, uh, I had had an experience with that, that I shared with Wes and, uh, you know, he always plugs your show. He always plug his. So I checked yours out. So I was just kind of going through yours, catching up on and, and going through the episodes and, yeah, I see the Tony Rodriguez description, uh, and I was like, well, this sounds interesting. So I listened to that, and it was just like, holy shit. And uh, I was like, this makes perfect sense if this is what I went through, because obviously I knew that I had grown up in it. From sitting in a classroom to walking in this base on the moon at eye level with this grown-up officer, I knew that I had to have been in this for some time. and. Uh, so when, when I heard his story, it kind of just kind of all clicked. Um, but I didn't know, like I said, you know, in the, in the email, it's frustrating to not know all the details. Like I, I, I'm envious of him that he knows and has all these answers and descriptions and details. And, uh, I want to, to kind of put it all together. Um, so I kind of sent you a vague email on the way home from work one day. and. Uh, kind of alluding to the instance that I had, but mainly more like I want to talk to you about all this paranormal stuff because growing up, like it was intense. Uh, you know, some of the things that I went through blow your mind, but, um, you know, I alluded to this, like, you know, I don't really want to talk about it on the air now until I know more details, but uh, I'd be more than happy to share it with you. And then, you know, I was waiting for a response back. And then a couple of days later, I started being followed. And at first, the first day, like it started, uh, I sent you that email like around mid-December. And then December 16th is the first day that I realized I was being followed. Um, so I leave for work like really early in the morning. And, uh, you know, I was going out the entrance to the neighborhood and I saw this black, uh, all blacked out Tahoe. And, you know, I was thinking, damn, that's nice. You know, I'd like to have one of those. Well, then as soon as I pass it, like, its lights turn on and it pulls out behind me. And I was like, well, that's weird. You know, nobody's up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. Uh, but whatever, you know. So it followed me all the way to work. And as I got to work, um, there's a car dealership lot right across the street from our parking lot. And... Uh, it turned in there and just parked while I turned into my work. And whenever I went out for lunch, it was still sitting there. It followed me out, followed me to Wendy's and back to work. And it parked in the same spot. And then it was there again, whenever I left work to come home and it followed me all the way home. And I was like, well, this is, this is kind of weird. Well, then on the 17th, the following day, I was followed again. And it was, it was very aggressive, um, after work. So it would come flying up on me, like it almost looking like it was going to hit me. 
And then it would back off a little bit and then come flying back up on me. And we're on the interstate and I'm running 75, 80 miles an hour. And it's like, dude, am I not going fast enough for you? Or you know, there's a whole other lane over here you could go around. But this dude was on my ass. And uh, I kind of started freaking out a little bit about it, thinking, oh my God, like, do they know somehow, you know, I've, I've triggered something here. Like my mind's racing. Um, I tried to call my dad and uh, I got disconnected three times and, and I've got a newer car and I was using the sink in my car, in my car, you know, for my phone. And every time I'd call my dad, it would disconnect and it was really strange. Um, so I was kind of freaking out and I messaged uh, you and Wes. Like, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but this dude was obviously on me. And, uh, you know, you were nice enough to message back and, and I really appreciated that. Uh, and, and we talked for a little bit about it, kind of giving you the rundown. But when I got home, um, from picking my son up from, from daycare, there were two local cops on both sides of the house. And I sent you a picture of that. And, uh, I thought it was strange. It's like, why are, why are local cops here? You're like, where'd that black Tahoe go? Um, but these two cops got out. Uh, they met right across the street from my house. They walked up to each other. They didn't go knock on that person's door. They stood and uh, stared at my house um, for a good five or 10 minutes. And, and I know we talked for, I don't know, half hour or so that day about what was going on. And I was, I was absolutely frantic, but, uh, and it's, it's just kept going. Uh, you want me to keep going through, through the dates or you have any questions or. No, I, I mean, yeah, I want you to keep going, but you know, I'll, I'll interject here with, uh, my part of the story because something happened to me that day as well. And I know I told you this yeah. uh, and, uh, so I, you called or you contacted me and we exchanged numbers and I called you that afternoon to uh, find out some details as to what you're experiencing, what was going on. And uh, that morning right. I was doing my, you know, my job, I drive truck and I was making a delivery uh, to a, a company that I've been to before. And I get out of my truck and I start walking up to the stairs that go into this building and two guys came out of the building. And the, you know, it's one of those things where I always say hi to people, but I'm just like, Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Like it's nothing like, Hey, how's it going? Trying to make a conversation. It's just, yeah. you know, Hey, what's up guy. And uh, so the first guy comes down the stairs and it's a rainy day. I think it was a rainy day. I can't remember now, but, uh, he, he comes down the stairs and I said, Hey, how you doing? And he's like, Hey, and he just kind of keeps going. And the second guy was falling right behind him as I was going up the stairs. And, and I, I remember this happening. Uh, and I, I, it stood out to me to the point that even before you and I talked after this happened, I messaged my wife and I also messaged Wes and just told him what happened because it was just so weird to me. Uh, but I was going up the stair and I said to the guy, Hey, how you doing? And, uh, the guy, as he's passing me, he's like right next to me as he's passing me down the stairs, uh, he whispers. And I don't think I was mishearing things, but what he said to me was, hey, Tony. He said my name. And it, yeah. it, and it to the point that it stopped me in my tracks. Like, I, I, I didn't keep walking thinking, did I hear what I thought I heard? Like, I stopped and I, st I stood on the stairs and I turned and I watched this guy continue down the stairs and walk over to a car, unlock it, get in and drive away. And he never looked at me. He never made eye contact with me. And I was thinking, did I mishear this guy? But it sounded so much like him saying, hey, Tony, to me that it stopped me in my tracks and I just stared at him. I'm like, 
think to myself, do I know you? And I really wish I would have said something to him. I really wish I would have said, what did you say? Did you, did you say my name, Tony? Because like, I mean, just to yeah. make sure that you know I heard him right or something, but I didn't because I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what I heard. And I, so I go in the building, I text my wife, I text Wes, and I, I told him what had happened and stuff. And uh, you know, it, I, I, I didn't really know what to make of it. I was just like, that's really weird, but maybe I misheard something. And then you and I have this conversation and you start telling me the things that have been happening to you since you reached out to me and contacted me about your paranormal experiences. I, I, I think the initial email you sent me didn't really even reference any of this stuff that we talked about. It was more of you just talking right. uh, just very general about the paranormal experiences and something might have triggered here. So this is what you and I discussed. And uh, I, I think that this might be a possibility if all this is, has happened, uh, where like you had these experiences and it's directly because of you emailing me and you know that guy whispering or whatever to me. Uh, I wonder if when you're in this program and you get put back, like Tony was put back and like you were obviously put back and you start living your life, I wonder if there's some kind of um, tabs on somehow they keep tabs on you. And like, so say they, 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 if that, if this all happened, clearly they know who you are. They know where you live. They, they keep tabs like that, but maybe they monitor emails and you emailing the show might've triggered something. It popped a red flag. And all of a sudden, it, it, yeah. attention got drawn to you, and they start paying attention to you, and therefore paying attention to me. I don't know if what I experienced that day is directly involved with you, but I find it very interesting that that very morning before you and I talk, somebody walk—I've never saw the guy in my entire life—walks down the stairs and says, "Hey, Tony," to me. He whispered it right as he was walking yeah, by me. Very, very strange. So very strange for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and. So we're we're at this point in time where you're experiencing these things, and I even mentioned to you uh, about the two cops, it, and I don't know. You can tell me if it ever happened again and stuff. But uh, let me ask you: Did it, did it ever happen again? Did the cops ever uh, show up in front of your house, standing there looking at your house again? They they never showed up in front of my house, uh, but I was pulled over. I've been pulled over several times. Um, uh, the very next day on. Uh, the 19th, I guess we can work up to that if you're cool with it, because I've got it all yeah. kind of timelined out here. But um, So on the 19th, I've got notes here that said I've been followed for the last two days as well. So for the 18th, I was followed as well. Uh, on the 19th, I pulled up to my house after work, and uh, there was a man on my porch. And I took a picture of this guy because it was very strange. Like he had a German shepherd with him. He was in uh, like a gray sweatsuit with a black vest. I've never seen this guy before and uh, he had a bald head and, but he wouldn't let me see his face. So when I pulled up at the stop sign, like I'm, I live on a corner lot. Um, you know, I hit the garage door opener and it scares this guy. He's, he's on my porch with his phone out and he's got a German shepherd with him. And I took a picture of this guy because as he was, as he realized like, Hey shit, they're home. Uh, and I started backing into the driveway. He jumped down to the sidewalk, never let me see his face the entire time. And I took a picture of him. I can send it to you. Um, he's obviously not walking his dog in the picture. The dog is like facing me and the guy's got his back face to me. Um, so it was really strange, uh, but he was on his phone, like he was taking pictures or, or something. Um, I've got notes here that, you know, wouldn't let me see his face. Uh, oh, 
so I get inside and, you know, I unload the baby and everything. And then I let my dog out. We have a gated backyard. Um, you know, I get, uh, get the baby all settled in and, uh, you know, turn cartoons on for him and everything. Well, then I go to let our dog back in and he's gone. Like this is a privacy fence, like gated yard. Like he's, he's just gone. There's no, um, hole where he dug underneath and, you know, slithered out or anything like that. Like he's, he's gone and I'm freaking out cause it, it's my wife's dog and she's just, she's nuts about him. Like that's her baby. And I can't wait to hear about this. And you know, that, that whole ordeal. But then like, as I'm trying to, you know, get the baby loaded back up, we're going to go drive around, try to find the dog. Uh, there's a knock on my door and there's this guy, same dude. He's standing on the porch and he's holding my dog. He doesn't have his German shepherd with him. He's just holding my dog. And, uh, I was like, Oh man, you know, like, thank you. Like I was just getting ready to panic, you know, and, uh, you know, go look for him. He's like, and he says, you know, quote, like verbatim figured I'd bring him back. Be a shame if something happened to him. And then he starts backing off the porch and he puts his finger to his mouth and, and makes like the shoe gesture, you know? And, um, like my love, I remember sending you. Yeah. So I remember sending you that message, like, you know, holy hell, like something, something else has happened now. And at, at the time I'm still trying to figure out like, is this really happening or is this all just coincidental stuff? And as I was typing the message, you know, I just happened to look at your logo. It's like, that's what I'm trying to describe. Like, that's what he did. Just like your logo. And, uh, like he kind of, you know, it's like, it, he almost kind of looked like you a little bit heavier set, but like same face and, you know, facial features, bald head and everything. It was very strange. Um, so that was on the 19th. Uh, and my wife, um, uh, saw him walking away as she was pulling up from work. And she was like, who is that guy? Like, I, I don't know. And I didn't want to tell her like the dog got out or whatever. I don't know if he came around, snatched him up and then brought him back around to the front of the house or what, but it was, that was a very strange, um, incident there. Yeah. So before you go any further, before you go any further, I want to tackle, tackle on this. I'm, I'm assuming you're about to change the topic here from this guy, right? Right. Yeah. So before you go any further, just, you know, I know you got notes in front of you, so just make sure you, you know where you're at in your notes. Uh, that's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. And so let me get this straight. You come home and the garage door goes up and I'm, and I think you said you were backing into the garage. You see this guy, you mm-hmm. take a picture. Uh, are you sure it was the same guy that brought the dog back? Was it the same clothing? Same clothing. Yeah. Except he didn't have his dog with him. But I've never once seen this guy. Like, this is a nice neighborhood. Like, all the neighbors know each other. I have no clue who this dude is. I've never seen him before. All right. So who was in the car with you when you came home? It was just me and and the baby. Where was your wife? She's at work. She works in uh, downtown Indy. Okay. So you're talking about the the house was empty when he was on the front porch. And you don't know if he was just coming out of the house or if he was trying to get in the house or what? Oh, I mean, it was locked. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't have got in, but he was on the porch, like looking like at the windows to our front room, and like he's got his phone up, and the dog's right there next to him, 
And I remember pulling up and seeing him on the porch. Like he looked out, like I hit my garage door opener to pop it open so I could back in. And then he must have heard that, looked over, and like he just completely turned and put his back to me. And then, like, as I was, you know, kind of pulled up into the neighbor's yard right across or the driveway right across from me so I could square up back in, he kept his back to me at all times. Okay. And as I was in, in my driveway backing in, he had made his way down to the sidewalk, but he was not walking his dog. Like, it wasn't some guy you know, and the dog stopped, take a crap in my yard or something, which would have been nice. But, <laughs> but he was up on my porch, not in the yard, not on the sidewalk. He he made his way back down to the sidewalk, kept his back to me. And then he was on his way. All right. So you had, he was on your porch, you're backing in. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of guy you are. Okay. Uh, if, if that happened to me, I'd be getting, I'd jump out of my truck and be like, hey, MF, what are you doing here? And if you try to get in the way, I'd be chasing the guy down. Like, that's just how I am. Uh, I, I tend to get very aggressive when I feel threatened. Uh, and uh, yeah. that's a, obviously a threatening thing. And I know he had a dog there yeah. and maybe that was a deterrent. But when he comes to your house and you know it's the same guy, he doesn't have his dog, but he has your dog, I would have a very hard time not grabbing him by the throat and doing and, and 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 be like, what? Who are you? What's going on? Why are you messing with me? Kind of thing. Uh, why didn't you? Yeah, do that? I, I completely, I completely understand where you're coming from, and that is, I would think the same way. Like if somebody was telling me the story, but like being in the situation, like those things like don't cross your mind like right then. So yeah. right then, I'm, I'm kind of fr- freaking out because I know my wife's gonna be home any minute. And that dog's her baby, so I'm trying to load the baby back up in the car seat, go jump back into the car, and figure out, like, where am I going to start even looking to try to find the dog so I don't have to listen to her whenever she gets home, freaking out. And then when this dude shows up and he's got the dog, it was almost like a sigh of relief, like, oh, thank God, like, I don't have to deal with that whole situation. But then it was like, okay, this is the same guy. And I asked him who he was. And all the only thing that he said to me was figured I'd bring him back, be ashamed if something happened to him. And then he like handed me the dog and then he put his finger up to his mouth and he backed off the porch. And and I remember being like, Hey man, like who are you? And nothing was said. And he just walked off. But whenever I initially got home and he was, he had made his, and I was backing into the driveway and he'd made his way down to the sidewalk. I remember thinking, like, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to go drop the baby off inside because it was kind of cold. And I'm going to get him inside, let the dog out, and then I'm going to pop back out and see if he's still there. I'm going to be able to see what the hell this dude's problem is. But he was gone. And that's why you always have a gun handy, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, man, like, I, I, I don't. I don't know how you are functioning right now, but I can't imagine it's very well. And I know we have more to get into and stuff, but I I want to keep uh, this guy in mind because I wanted to ask you, do you think that his uh, gesture towards you with the finger over the lips, do you think that was telling you to be quiet or do you think it was referencing my show or do you think it was both? I have no idea, man. Like at first, that didn't even cross my mind. 
I had initially thought, like, he's just telling me, like, keep your mouth shut. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like, this dude's tied into this somehow. Like, what in the hell's going on? There's no way this has happened to me. 21 years later, like, I've never said a damn word about this. And I send one very vague email, and all this shit's happening. It's like, how in the world? Like, is there's just, there's no, and I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Like, how? Like, what? Have they been keeping tabs on me for 21 years to to really, you know, mess with me like this? Like, you know, what's going on? And, uh, yeah, I mean, just it's, it's very strange. It's like, blew my mind. And, uh, you know, that, that whole guy, like, I, I don't know. That was, that was when I started, like, getting convinced. Like, it's not coincidence. I'm being followed. Something's going on here. Right. And so he's on your porch when you get home and we don't know if he was going, trying to get in, trying to get out or just standing on your porch waiting for you to kind of get your attention. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you a question that I know you don't have an answer to, but I want to know if you thought about this. Uh, did you ever think that maybe he was just coming out of your house and maybe he's trying to bug your house or something like that? I look, yeah. I mean, I've looked, I went looking through the house to see if there was anything going on, uh, notice anything out of the ordinary. And I didn't. Um, not to say that he didn't bug it or, or something. Um, but you know, after I sent you that message and you'd said, you know, like my logo, do you think he's hinting at, hinting at that? It's like, damn, you know, like I didn't even think about that, but you know, absolutely could be. But, um, yeah, I mean, to this day, I've not found anything that that's missing or like a bug somewhere. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I would suggest, you know, Every once in a while, just combing through the house, looking at different nooks and crannies, looking in books, uh, looking in light, in lamps, looking in little places that uh, something can be hidden, um, and just just to yeah. just to keep an eye out for things. I mean, if it happened, if he actually bugged the house, uh, chances are you're not going to find it anyways. But you can at least try. Right. It's your freaking house, you know what I mean? And knowing right. what's going on in your life and the things that you're experiencing, uh, it, it can't hurt to be proactive and just, you know, keep an eye out. Have you ever seen this guy before or since this situation? No. Do you have a feeling that he's the guy that was following you? I have no idea. So I was pulled over, um, a couple of days later and this was not the same guy, but I was pulled over by the black Tahoe. Um, the one that was following you. So on the tw- right. Did it have lights so, on it? Did, did it? I'm sorry. Did, did it like? How did it pull you over? Did it turn on? It was, was like an undercover. It was in, Yeah, it was like an unmarked like cop. There were uh, lights in the dash, not on top of the vehicle. But I'd never noticed. Like like I said, man, like the windows like were blacked out. Like even the windshield. Um. So to kind of skip forward here, so that guy showed up on my house at my house. That was the 19th. Uh, on the 20th, I had reached out to my friend that we had talked about earlier. He told me all that crap. Then on the 21st, um, that was my one day off that week. And the whole day, like there was like banging on the side of my house, like all day long. And I go out and there'd be nothing there. Nobody there. Um, talked to my dad. Um, he told me he was sorry for how he reacted and knows something happened. He recalled about the guy showing up, got that note there. Um, and then on the 22nd, uh, I was pulled over at two 30 in the morning, like right outside my neighborhood. So 
I'm still in the neighborhood and I'm turning onto the road, you know, right behind the neighborhood heading to work. And as soon as I pull, pull out onto the road, the lights come on behind me and there were no headlights. It's like, I don't know where the hell this dude came from, but whenever I went to exit the neighborhood, there was nobody behind me. And, uh, this guy, he hops out, he comes to the window and, uh, he said, uh, get out of the car. So like, uh, you know, why? It's like, I'm, I'm on my way to work, man. Like I have to set up the operation for, for this whole thing. Like, I don't have time for this. Like what, what's this about? Just get out of the car. So I'm like, are, are you want to search it? Like, no problem. Like, but you know, who are you? Like, why are you pulling me over? And he's like, don't ask, don't make me ask you again. Get out of the goddamn car. And he's like, I need to take a look in here. He said, you, uh, you realize that you ran that stop sign back there. I was like, what stop sign, man? Like, that's my neighborhood. I stopped and then I pulled out onto the street. So he searched through the car and then, uh, he came out, he tried to take my phone. He was like, you got your phone on you? I said, well, yeah. And he's like, give me it. And I was like, no, I'm not giving you my phone, bro. Like, sorry. And, uh, I said, you have no reason to take my phone. And he was like, just give me a damn phone. I said, you have no right to have my phone. I'm keeping it. Like, it's in my pocket. No, you're not taking it. And uh, he kind of got mad, kind of threw some things around, like some of my work papers and everything. And he's like, drive safe. And I pulled forward. And that was that was very strange. And then the very next day, the exact same thing happens in the exact same spot as the exact same guy. And then, uh, I told him like, as he was searching the car again, I was like, look, man, like if you are who you think I, who I think you are, I think you might as well stop. I was like, this is, this is going way too far. And you know, if I want to tell the story, then, then I'll tell the story, man. I was like, you're, you're going the wrong way and going about this the wrong way. If you're wanting me to, to stop now, I'm like, you guys are already following me. Like what, what's this all about? And, uh, he absolutely trashed my car. Like I have, uh, had my, you know, things in the back seat from the kids. Like he absolutely tore it apart and, uh, got back, hopped back out. And, uh, he said, nobody's ever going to believe you anyway. You're an effing nobody. And then he drove off. So I hopped back in the car and like, God, you know, like what in the hell? And then I pull forward and not even a mile later, I'm pulled over by a local cop. And this local cop was the same one that was standing in front of my house that day that we had initially talked. <clears throat> I, I definitely remember seeing him, but what I have a hard time with, like this is two thirty in the morning. When I saw that dude out in front of my house, like, I don't remember what time, like four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's like, did your shift change? Are you working in coordination with somebody to monitor me 24-7? Like, what I do, you know? But this dude pulls me over, and he's like, you ran through that stop sign back there. I was like, what stop sign? There's been no stop sign from my neighborhood here. Like, I haven't even made it to the stoplight down here. There are no stop signs. 
So he's like, you mind if I search the vehicle? And like, I'm losing my shit because I have an hour drive to work and got kind of an important job. Like if I'm not there uh, on time to set everything up, like it's a shit show. So I'm like, man, I don't have time for this. And, uh, he ended up giving me a written warning, which I've still got in the, uh, the console. But, uh, he told me the same thing. He's like, drive safe. Like, is that some sort of threat? Like, have you done something to my car? Like, why do you guys keep telling me this? It, that, it was very, very weird. Um, and then, see, that was on the 23rd. And then didn't really have much happen until the 29th. Um, my dad called, and there was no issues until he brought the incident up, like the, this whole ordeal. And then all of a sudden we were disconnected twice and we weren't able to talk about it. Um, so that was the 29th. And, and when you say the 29th, you mean the 29th of January? 29th of December. I'm sorry. Oh, December. Okay. Yeah. So then on, I've got notes here from uh, January 4th. Uh, I made an appointment for hypnotic regression yesterday, which would have been the third today, the fourth. Uh, she called to say she can't see me. There was no, no reason why like she just i remember her calling and saying hey um i'm sorry but i'm not going to be able to see you after all and i asked for a reason like is there something does something happen like what's going on and uh she just said i'm sorry sorry for the inconvenience but you're gonna have to go see somebody else so on the 6th january 6th i made an appointment at a different location everything went okay there and then on the 10th uh, so I, I believe I've made the appointment for the 13th but on the 10th. Um, this person canceled on me saying the exact same thing. I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but I'm not going to be able to see you. And I thought that was very strange. So I had that wrote down. And then on January the 11th, um, I took a call from a number. This number had been blowing me up and it was like really strange. Cause it was like two, three, eight, four that kept showing up on my phone. Not like a full, uh, you know, full telephone number. It was just 2384. And I was thinking, you know, I don't know who the hell this is, but I'm not answering it. But they've been blowing me up for days. Um, so this time, you know, I was home and uh, I, I took the call. And this guy didn't give me a name. He said, uh, he said, I'm just calling to ask you not to go forward with this. I said, forward with what? And he said, talking about your story. And I was like, all right, are you serious? You're going to call and ask me nice now, like after all this time. And uh, now you're just going to call and ask nice, like after being harassed and followed and my car destroyed and turned upside down. And uh, I said, if you know, if this call would have came before all of this, I'd be a hell of a lot more apt to oblige. I was like, but now, like, I almost want to come, you know, go tell it just as an F you. Like, you know, what, what's the point in keeping it secret now? Like all this stuff's happening. If, if I come forward with it and something happens to me, then, you know, they know what happened. And, uh, he got really pissed and, uh, he started cussing me up and down and, uh, telling me the same thing that one dude did. He said, nobody's going to believe you anyway. You're an effing nobody. And, uh, you know, so I came back with something to the effect of if I'm the 
effing nobody, then why are you calling me? Why are you sending people and and wasting the man hours on having me follow? Like you know, this stuff's been going on for for months, and uh, but I'm a nobody, I guess. Like whatever, you know. And, and he hung up on me. And then uh, on January 23rd, I got a letter stating that my license has been suspended for an infraction in February of 2018. But whenever I called about it. Nobody could tell me what it was for, just that, you know, I was suspended for 90 days. And, uh, like, you know, I got a note here pulled over by the local police on December 23rd, 2018, and not a word was said about my license. And he had asked for it and everything, and uh, he gave me that written warning telling me to drive safe, whatever the hell that meant. But, yeah, I, it's it's been a big pain in the ass because like, I've got... I I work up by Fort Wayne, and my wife works in downtown Indy, so she has to get up to drive me up to Fort Wayne, and then get our baby out of bed, load him up, then drop him off at daycare on her way back, then drive all the way to downtown Indy. It's a, it's a pain in the ass, but I guess that's them, you know, flexing their muscle on it. And then uh, last night, at this was very strange. I have this could be completely coincidental but it you might find it very interesting as well so last night uh at 8 22 p.m um i start getting like violently sick like very sick very very sick i've never thrown up that hard in like my entire life and then it was every hour the 20 22nd minute of every hour until 6 22 this morning it was 10 hours 22nd minute uh of every hour I was up getting sick the first couple of times, but well, that's weird. You know, it's like an hour on the dot from the last time, but then it was all night long until six twenty-two in the morning, every hour, eight twenty-two, nine twenty-two, ten twenty-two, And, uh, so then it was like, Oh my God. And at, at one point, like I had nothing left, like I'm just dry heaving, I'm choking. And, uh, and I don't get sick, man. Like, I, I can't tell you the last time like I was sick like that. And uh, so I, I found that very strange. Well, like 6.22, whenever I got up to get sick the last time, like there's nothing there. Like I go back and I'm just miserable. And I'm, I I remember thinking like the whole Sister Carrie Burner thing. Like, is that a possibility? Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop the F on there. But, uh, you know, I was thinking like, you know, who knows at this point, I never thought any of this stuff would happen, but I remember picking up my phone and just thinking like, God, like you win. Like, I, I can't do it anymore. Like there's nothing left. Like I feel like death. And then after I said that, I never got sick again. And I'm completely fine today. So that happened last and night. It just that last night. And it's like, what are the odds of it happening the night before I'm supposed to talk to you? And then, uh, then I say that, and then like I, I feel a million times better. Is it possible? Absolutely. Could it be coincidence? Absolutely. But it's very strange. And then you know all the deals. You know, with when that Patreon stuff started going on today, I was thinking, man, like could that be tied to it? Like who knows? At this point, I don't know what to think. Yeah, you know, 
and I know some people might think this is just, you know, crazy talk and, you know, how could they make you sick? But if you listen to the Carrie Burner episode that, you know, Austin just referenced, she talks about having nanotech put in her body and uh, how she had a fight against the nanotech to stay alive. And uh, so she, we're talking about some, you know, biochemical warfare kind of thing and uh, not biochemical, uh, biotechno warfare. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you you said that happened last night uh and and it, it like you said this might not be nothing but uh just last night uh my brother was at my house and we were recording uh an extended intro for this week's show and the way my studio is set up especially when he's here i have uh two computer monitors one's facing him and me on an angle where we share the screen to look at different articles and stuff while we're talking I have my main computer monitor in front of me, and then he has a laptop set up, and um, he's sitting in the chair, and I'm talking and sharing a story, and as I'm talking, he just kind of looks around the room, almost like he saw something like flying in the room, and he just kind of stares at me, and he's like, did you see that? And I'm like, no, what? And he says, "The the lights just flickered, the screen just flickered, and the computer just flickered, and... I'm like, I didn't see that. And he's like, you didn't see that. And I said, no, I didn't see it. And he's telling me that the computer monitor that we're sharing flickered at the same time, the lights flickered and the laptop flickered. The problem with this whole thing, because you would think, okay, it's some kind of electrical surge. And that's what Jack even said. He said, it's a, it, sounded, it seemed like an electrical surge. Uh, but the problem with that is the laptop wasn't plugged into anything. It was completely separate from everything else that was sitting on the table and in this office. I didn't notice wow. anything surging. I didn't see anything. Yet he, it, 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 it got him to the point where he's just staring at me like, I know we're recording, but uh, something just happened. And so that just happened last night around, uh, man, we started recording around one o'clock in the morning and we finished up around, I think it was like two or three in the morning. So uh, it was late, late at night. And so- I don't know. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but that's something that I don't know what happened in my house last night. It was weird. It was absolutely weird. And um, yeah, with you having these experiences and going through what you've been going through, um, be honest with you, man. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned and a little freaked out myself. Uh, it takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to um, really kind of get freaked out. But um, uh, this is a situation where it seems different and it seems a little too real to um, look past for me. Yeah. And, and I would, I would love to be able to just uh, finish this interview whenever we're done and uh, you know, put it in the bank to uh, record uh, to release and uh, you know, carry on. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to be able to shake this one for a while mentally. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh it's hard for me to wrap my head around, you know, all these years later, you know, somehow keeping tabs on me and everything. And, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that whole Gary, I think his name was Gary McKinnon or something like that from, I want to say like Britain or something, something like that, where he hacked like NASA's computer and found, um, like a big list of like what they called non-terrestrial, non-terrestrial officers. But I remember that term like whenever I came back to or was put back or however the hell you want to say it. But 
I remember telling my dad, like, it's, it's not just a few. Like, there's a ton of what they call non-terrestrial officers. And then years later, this thing happens, and he says it's under the tab, you know, non-terrestrial officers. And that's something him, about, him and I have talked about. And uh, I guess, you know who that Bob Lazar guy is? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess he's got a new movie out or something or a documentary or something. I haven't watched it yet, but my dad did. And uh, uh, he said that um, he explains the way that one of those uh, a flying saucer moves exactly the way that I told him that told him it did when I was in you know fourth grade. And I've been meaning to check it out, but I haven't yet. But I'd, I'd be interested to see that for sure and see what all he has to say. But dad, my dad, he's just, uh, he's a little freaked out by it all and that it, it's all happening again or that they're going to this link to, to shut me up or, or whatever. So let me ask you, man, and I know we talked about this before and, you know, I don't know if the story changed since then or not, but, uh, when we talked about this on the phone, the very first day we started talking, uh, I asked you about your wife and you said she didn't know any of this and you didn't know how to go about telling her, uh, has that story changed or is it still the same? It's still the same, man. So I've, uh, you know, well, first and foremost, like I can't thank you enough, like for, for calling me and, uh, talking to me that day. Cause I don't know if you remember or not, but I was freaking out. And, um, I remember you asking me like, maybe you should try to talk to her about it. And, uh, and I've, I've, you know, thrown some feelers out there and, uh, she's more of like the ignorance is bliss type, you know, like she doesn't want to know if there's more out there. She doesn't, she like, she just wants to, you know, go about her day to day and, and not think about any of it. And every time that I've tried to throw a feeler out there, uh, you know, anything like that. Like she shuts it down. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know how she'd react to it, but not, it would be in a way that would very much upset me. You know what I mean? That, that she wouldn't take it serious or, or whatever. Yeah. Now, uh, has your wife experienced anything? Has she recently said to you, Hey, I've noticed that, uh, there's a weird guy walking by the house a lot or anything like that. No, so she had noticed uh, one day we left and uh, had went into town, and we were followed by that black uh, Tahoe. And she was like, "Is this dude back here following us?" It's like, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I wouldn't worry about it type of thing." And and then uh, like it followed us back home, and she's like, "Well, that's weird," you know. Uh, you know, very strange. And then, like I said, she saw that guy that was that I had pulled up to and he was on our porch. She saw him walking away when she got back home. So she, she saw that she hasn't noticed. anything. Gotcha. So she saw the guy walking away. She didn't see him leaving the property. Like she didn't even see him on the property. So she doesn't even had no suspicion. Well, she asked, um, because he must've been like on the sidewalk or something. Like she could tell that he came from the house and she was like, who was that guy? And I was like, I don't know, man. He came up, you know, I just brushed it off. I said he was looking for somebody else because I didn't want her worrying about it. Okay. So this is uh, an ongoing situation, obviously. And uh, up to this point that you shared with us, has there any, has there been anything else that you've noted? 
No, um, not really. Um, but that's all, you know, to be continued, I guess. See how long this drags out. I don't know. Yeah. Now here's the thing that, uh, I just thought of that I find interesting, um, that we, we have been doing this interview for, let's just say a little bit over an hour and the entire time, most of this time has been talking about these guys bothering you after you contacted me. You don't remember a whole lot compared to Tony Rodriguez, compared to a lot of guys that are actually out there that are being published, that that have been appeared on many, many shows. Why? That's my question. Why are they bothering you? They're, they go like I'm not saying to go, to go bother, but I'm just saying like of all people, why would they yeah, not go they bother Tony? Details, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, man, and that's what blows me away. It's like I, I like you said, man, I don't hardly remember anything. Like I remember, I remember certain details and you know certain conversations and things like that. But like if you're gonna bother somebody, like go bother somebody that knows exactly what happened to them the entire time. I just, I want to be left alone to, and I've tried, you know, for the last 21 years and even, you know, the paranormal things that, that I've dealt with, you know, my entire life, it's just absolutely intense, man. Um, I, I've tried to just, you know, bury it down and, and live a normal life. This has been a, a far cry from normal. You know what, Austin, it makes me wonder what's in your head. It makes me wonder what's in your head. If, if they're bothering you now, uh, if they know that you contact me, if, if everything that we're, we're suggesting on this show, everything that we uh, are thinking could be a possibility is true, and they know this stuff about you, then why are they contacting you? Because maybe there are things that they know you don't remember, and if you remember, it's going to blow the lid off things that these other guys aren't remembering could be man and i've thought that too um you know throughout all this for the past month i've wondered the same thing like why bother somebody that doesn't remember everything like there's got to be something that happened that they don't want me to know or don't want me to remember uh however you want to put it but like i said man like i remember walking in with this guy i don't know what his rank was but he was a high ranking guy obviously and I was right there next to him. So it's like, what was I? What was my role in it? And I don't know. And it's, it's beyond frustrating for me to not have those answers. And that's why I want, I've been, you know, like I said, I've tried making two different appointments, you know, to, to do some sort of hypnotic regression and both of them's canceled. So I'm assuming you're giving up on the hypnotic regression. You think, are you thinking that? It's I'm not giving up. I'm I'm not giving up. Like I've thought, like I've never been to a therapist or anything. So the, after the second one canceled on me, I thought, well, maybe I should try to call from a different number and use a different name, and then try to go about it that way. But then I'd have to, I don't know if I'd have to use my ID or you know what I mean, and and be a completely different name there, and then turn me away or or what? I I don't know what to do. But I don't want to give up. Like I want these answers, and uh, you know, especially now with all this stuff going on, it's like, what don't I know, or don't I remember? So your wife doesn't know. <clears throat> your dad does, obviously, but your wife doesn't know. Uh, one, does, have you told your dad not to talk to your wife about it? And also, 
with everything that's going on right now and you making these appointments and getting rejected, but you want to know what happened, uh, is there a time where you're thinking you're going to have to tell your wife? And because, I mean, what if something happens to you? You don't like, I, I personally yeah. would think you wouldn't want her being left in the dark as to, I have no idea what happened to my husband, but, uh, at what point yeah. are you going to be able to say, I got to just tell her and see what happens? Yeah. Um, to answer both of those. Yeah. I've told my dad not to mention anything around her. Um, I don't get to see him very much as it is, uh, maybe a couple times a year. He was, uh, three or four hours away. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that, but I have told him on the phone, like if, you know, when we do see each other, like, please don't mention this to, to her. Don't bring it up. And, uh, the second question, man, like that, that's on my mind every day. It was on my mind really heavy. Like when I was being followed every day, it's like, man, what if, what if something happens and she's not going to know. And that's when I'd start, you know, throwing the feelers out there. Of, you know, what do you think about this? Do you think it's possible that this would happen or this, this or this? No, no, there's no way. But, uh, I was really close to telling her at the time that we were, that she was with me when we were being followed and she was wondering why we were, I was, I was really close to telling her then. And I, I don't know when I, I'm going to have to eventually, but. Uh, I would think you probably would need to tell her eventually, uh, because, in her shoes, she's oblivious. She's ignorant to the whole situation, and she's walking around in the dark, not knowing what the potentials are here. And, um, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, how is she going to know what to look for and protect herself if she doesn't even know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she, she, like she's finding herself – well, she isn't finding herself. She's in the middle of a battle that she doesn't even know. Like, she's in the middle of a war, and she's not even fighting a battle. She has no idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, she has no idea she's in it. And so I, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not telling you when to do it or if you should do it or not. I'm just saying, um, from her perspective, uh, it's, it, she's, she kind of has her hands tied behind her back right now. Yep. And she's, yeah, and she's, with your, she's with your child a lot. I'm, I'm assuming. Right. I mean, so she's with your, your child when you're not around, I mean, I know you yep. thought of this. What happens if something happens when you're not around, you know? Uh, yep. Yep. It's just, this is new for me, man. This is new for me. I, I haven't, this is a new one. Yeah. And I, I don't know exactly how to go about uh, handle, telling you how to handle it. Um, but this is, uh, and it's all very current. This is like within, you know, the last 24 hours, something happening. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know where else to go with this, man. I, uh, I just, um, I think you and I need to keep in touch and, uh, see what happens. I think, I think you should, uh, when we're done talking here, I think you should send me pictures of anything you can, the the guy, the receipt from the police officer, uh, anything that you could send me, um, that way I can have it on my end too. And just kind of, keep it and, and if you don't want me posting it with the show i don't know it's up to you but um i think i should at least have my hands on it as well okay and uh as far as your paranormal experiences i i don't think we're gonna get to, <laughs> we're not gonna get into that today uh i think we're gonna yeah. i think we're gonna uh let that for another time because um uh, it's just not fitting the format right now man but um 
let's uh, wrap it up here. I hope everybody enjoyed this interview. Uh, it's not ending the way we normally end interviews, but um, well, the story's not written yet, not to not in, in completion. So uh, we'll see what happens from here. Can't stop, won't stop. Where the bricks at? I give him that ditty bop. Like, take that, take that, take that, take that. I'ma put in work. I'ma do that ASAP. Throw my faith in rap. But it say, don't say that, huh? What I'ma turn down for? I feel like Shaq and Nafo. Breaking glass in that black boat. I like Kobe and Toronto, huh? Dropping 81. Yo, I dropped the 88. Ricky Bobby, shaking bake. Sleeping on it, should've stayed awake, huh? Everybody make mistakes like VJs, so I say my name, it's Minio. Say it with me, Minio. Okay, great, two forks high, base stakes. Risk it all, I take the hate, this the winning team. Get the Gatorade, my guy good, but he's not safe, nah. They try to shut us down and it ain't gonna slide. Only thing I fear is God and he on my side. That's the confidence of God, cause he got me. That's why I really feel like you can't stop me. Kendrick, never be the rapper I got from Hendrix Top 10 alive, you will never be mentioned Why I aim so high, I won't survive the trenches Plus, you a Christian, Andy They will never listen, Andy Plus, we a pigment, Andy <laughs> You don't got skill, you a gimmick, Andy Well, if I listen to you And everything you put in my ear I be living like, what up, shut up, could up I be paralyzed by fear huh, Ain't that the truth? If I quit, the only way I lose I got two choices when I do this Make moves or make excuses huh? If you know who I'm talking about Then you got me my biggest enemy is me, and even I can't stop me. They try to shut us down, and it ain't gonna slide. Only thing I fear is God, and He on my side. That's the confidence of God, cause He got me. That's why I really feel like you can't stop me. Stop. Oh no, won't stop. I said if I can't stop me. Oh, no.